don't wait for users to report problems. Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. You can replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files and having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications. It has full support for JavaScript and all other major languages and platforms. It takes less than 10 minutes to set up and you can get a free 14-day trial by going to raygun.com and signing up today. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Adventures in Angular show. This week on our panel, we have Alyssa Nichol. Hey, everybody. Joe Eames. Hey, everybody. Shai Resnick. Coming to you live from inside a jar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. And this week, we have a special guest, and that is Brian Forbes. Brian, do you want to say hi? Hey, everyone. Now, you haven't been on the show before, so I thought maybe you could just give us a brief introduction who you are, what you do, what you're interested in, where you work, all that good stuff. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I'm Brian Forbes. I live in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I work for SitePen, and we are a consultancy out of Palo Alto, but nobody really works there. Everybody's distributed. We work on JavaScript applications, have have been doing that for a long time. I've I have been with SitePen coming up on 11 years now, and we've done work for a variety of different companies. Uh, as a consultancy, we, do, we, we get to do a lot of different things. Sorry, we are, we are known for the Dojo Toolkit, but we have been branching out, and we always try and keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on in the JavaScript world. So recently, we've been doing a lot more uh, Angular work, um, we're gearing up for a Dojo 2 release, and uh, we also write the intern testing framework. Uh, as for what I enjoy to do, or what I enjoy doing, um, I really enjoy spending time with my family, uh, my kids. I have three girls um, and uh, a lovely wife. Uh, I like to read. I, mean, I like reading nonfiction, uh, mostly theology. Um, but yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell sounds like fun and uh just to uh for the listener's sake on javascript jabber i think joe was on that episode we talked to a couple of guys from SitePen about dojo so if you're curious about what's going on in the dojo dojo 2 world uh you know go check that out, that episode out and go see what they're doing on over there on that so, uh, yeah, what we brought you on to today to talk about is testing Angular with the intern tool. Do you want to just give us kind of the 5,000-foot view on what intern does? Yeah, uh, intern is a testing framework, uh, and it's designed to write all of your tests, unit, functional, and end in the same framework, run them in the same framework, uh, and then be able to run them across different browsers, uh, different versions of browsers, all in one, all in one command. Um, and uh, I mean, it's yeah, the the, the phrase that we kind of came up with when we when we were originally coming up to one why it's called intern is that you, we wanted to let the intern do our testing for us, um, just like you know running out and getting coffee. Uh, it can do a, it can do a variety of different things: uh, code coverage, uh, accessibility, visual re regression, performance testing with Benchmark JS. Uh, but kind of the the bread and butter of of intern is that it's uh, 
it's designed to, to write all of your your application uh, tests uh, modularly and uh, be able to run them in one go. That's cool. kind of five thousand. I hope that's five thousand feet. Yep. Makes sense to me. Um, just to kind of get the ball rolling, and I know everybody probably has questions, um, but, uh, you know, so we're somewhat familiar with using a unit testing framework, and then we're also somewhat familiar with using something like Protractor for our end-to-end tests. So, right. so, so how is this approach different from, you know, kind of pulling together? I guess it's all in one tool. That's one thing, but you know, how is this approach different from, you know, some of the approaches in some of the unit testing and, and protractor and stuff? Right. So I would imagine that most of your listeners are, are familiar with kind of the Angular 2 slash 4 unit testing environment, which is, which is Karma with, uh, with protract. Karma for unit tests and protractor for end-to-end slash functional tests, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you've kind of got unless you're using Angular CLI and, and even then, you've, you've got two configurations, right? You've got one for Karma and you've got one for Protractor. And, and you got to make sure that you're running all of your Protractor tests in the same browsers that you're running your Karma tests in. And then you've got to set up the drivers for Karma and the drivers for Protractor and make sure that they're all using the same ones. And then everybody usually just kind of defaults to phantom js and calls it good mm-hmm. um, because everything else is pretty hard to set up uh, with with intern and with intern we've we've tried to make it easy to set up one configuration for all of your tests um, you just you tell it i want to run an internet explorer 9 10 and 11 chrome latest and minus 1 safari latest firefox you know, whatever version they're at and you can get pretty specific and then you can have different, uh, different parameters. Uh, but then your unit tests and functional tests share those configurations, right? And, and, uh, your test successes and failures are all combined together. So, uh, you're not running two tools. Um, so it works really well in continuous integration. Uh, because you're not having to fire off to two separate um, sessions, for instance, in, in Travis, one for your unit tests and one for your uh, your functional tests. Um, so that's 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 one of the big advantages. Um, what what was the motivation behind like creating this uh, this tool? Right. So it, uh, we started intern in uh, 2012, uh, kind of December of 2012. So uh, about that time. And at that time, there wasn't really um, a great cross browser solution for cross browser testing. Um, again, it was usually like Phantom JS or, or whatever was available at that time, um, which it's not a browser. And so you're, you're basically adding another target to your, to your, matrix um, or you'd basically just open your tests in all the browser engines and just run them manually there wasn't really a great solution for for spinning things up um, and uh, having having some tools spin up browsers for you so our our big motivation was that uh, at the time um, there was all there also was no 
tool out there that had a, the concept of a JavaScript module. Most of them were you write your tests, you throw everything in a script tag, um, and then or you just concatenate everything together and throw it into one script tag uh, and then run it. And uh, one thing that that uh, SitePen and the Dojo Toolkit, Dojo Toolkit have always been big on is modularizing code. Um, and as we've seen lately, that's a much more uh, popular, if not the most popular, way to write your code um, for various different reasons. And, and so at the time, um, the way to write modular code uh, that would run well in the browser was with AMD or UMD. And so that was another, uh, another reason why we wrote intern was there wasn't really a test framework that, that had AMD in mind or uh, uh, JavaScript modules, browser modules. Yeah, cool. Makes sense. Uh, So I remember back then, I think at the same time, a a small little tool called Testacular was was getting uh, his fame, I think, starting to get... uh, What did that turn into? I forget. Karma. Was that Karma? Okay. That was Karma. Yeah, they changed the name, I think, because... It's hard to keep track of all the Oh, I had no idea that's what Karma started out as. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. And... and 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 some someday I will tell you like behind the st- scenes stories that I heard, um, but not on, <laughs> not not on air. Not for public. It's not even that. It's not even that big. A, it's, yeah, well, tell it. Everybody didn't. Nobody liked the name because it sounded dirty. No, no, no. It's <laughs> it's the, the okay. It's it's a different. Uh, oh, okay, we're okay. talking about different stories. Yeah, this yeah. is like this is like the whole React uh, licensing thing. They changed mm. when everybody complained about it. He doesn't want to say me things about karma because what goes around comes around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So, ah, uh, very nice, Chuck. Very well done. I I saw what you did there, and I'm mm. blind. Um, <laughs> so, uh, if if like let's say let, let's talk about in context of of Angular these days. So. Uh, for those who actually write unit tests by doing surveys and stuff is still not that much. And that's that's part of the reason is sometimes it's too complicated to start with and start uh, stuff like that. That's what I'm hearing. So how, like what, what is the motivation for someone who like learned how to, so is used to like. I don't know, writing in Jasmine and um, and writing uh, his or hers unit tests uh, in like, you know, in the standard, let's say, way. What, what will make that person move to use intern for, let's say, let's stick with unit tests for now and then like uh, talk about the, the end-to-end? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. So, um there's a couple advantages. Uh, one is uh, that intern does come with a with a BDD to describe it, uh, the standard uh, unit test language that that uh, somebody that's familiar with Angular four uh, would would understand. Right? It comes with with that syntax um, out of the box. Um, but one advantage that that intern has is is that it understands 
promises as first-class citizens. Um, and so writing asynchronous tests is really easy with intern. Um, one of the things in my experience with, with writing uh, Angular applications and writing Angular tests is that there's some, there's some extras in the uh, Angular core testing pack uh, module and uh, they're designed to write asynchronous like uh, tests that look synchronous uh, with like the fake async and the async and tick um, with intern you don't have to use those at all. Um, you can actually compile your your tests with uh, with async await, um, pass the it function or the before or after before each after each functions an async function, and then just await all the steps in the in the test. And you don't have to use those helpers, um, and, and everything just works. Um, so one of the big advantages is the is asynchronous testing. Hmm. Nice. So wait a second. How does how do you implement that? Because the way that async and fake async work is using zone, right? And they make asynchronous right. stuff work. So you're talking about you're just using async await to do everything. Yeah, yeah. But doesn't that require that the asynchronous operation you're calling to also supports that? Uh, no. So so if you're using TypeScript uh, and uh, you can down you can down emit your async await. Uh, same way, I, I believe Babel does the same thing. Um, and uh, as long as you've got a, a promise shim in the browser, it it just works. So about and, things like when stable that has a little bit more to do with Angular. So uh, when stable just returns a promise, right? And so you just await on that promise, and then the next statement you you know it's ready. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's really kind of it's really kind of slick. Uh, one of the things that I did, oh, it was probably a month ago, um, was I took all of the the unit tests in the the quick start, the finished quick start for Angular four, and I converted them over to intern. Um, and so if you go to github.com slash the intern slash example Angular, you can actually uh, pull up all those tests and see. Uh, the difference, and they're all written with async await, and they all just work. Looking at it as we speak. So there's no, I mean, there's no reason to have to, you know, choose between uh, fake async and async, and and you know, do I have to tick this or do I have to, you know, fixture detect changes, etc. Um, well, I think fixture detect. Changes is still there. Let's see. So I go to the component spec. So yeah, so I'm I'm kind of trying to envision how this all goes together. Um, if I want to bring this into my Angular app, you know, how do I get that set mm -hmm. up? You would. Uh, so right now, intern four is is in. I think it's in beta. If not, it's it's late alpha. So um, API shouldn't change much. So you would you would npm install intern at next. You mm -hmm. would uh, create an intern.json and uh, point it at your your built application and uh, and just go. It's 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 actually really simple to set up an intern an intern project. Um, and we've we've worked with uh, 
with the Istanbul com- community. And so all of the, the typings for Istanbul are in there. And as soon as you bring intern into your project and add uh, intern to your TS config, uh, you just add it to the, the types of your compiler. Um, so that way it's in the global. It's all ready to go. Um, there is a, a little different uh, syntax for getting the describe it and, and before each. Um, those aren't globals, but they do live on the intern global. So you pull those off the, the intern global uh, using the get plugin. And then for assertions, we use we use Chai. Nice. And if I want to use some other assertion library, I can just plug that into. Yeah, you can use whatever assertion library you want to. So, uh, and then like for, for like spies and stuff, uh, we recommend using, uh, I think it's sign on. That's how I pronounce it. Sin in, uh, uh, that's <laughs> usually what we use. I'm not sure exactly which one it is. You ever used, uh, um, testable? I think it's Suinun. <laughs> Have you guys what, tried that what testable? Was it? Testable? I, I haven't used that one. I'm, I'm most familiar with, with, uh, with sin in or, uh, sign in. Um, I like the, the sandbox feature that it has. Uh, you can set up a sandbox and then just uh, reset the whole sandbox. And so all your spies are reset on each, uh, each test iteration. But I mean, the thing, the, the nice thing about with intern is that, is that you can plug any assertion library, any spy library you want to into it and it'll, and it'll work. Cool. So, um, so you say that this project is ex- uh, exists since 2012, right? Correct. Yeah. And so mostly it was like around um, Dojo, like it was used for the Dojo framework uh, unit testing and 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 such. Yeah, the original intention was uh, to update our testing tool. Uh, for the Dojo Toolkit, but it was also to provide us with a testing framework for our applications that we write at SitePen as well. Hmm. Okay. And in terms of like now the adoption and, and, and stuff like that, have you started like, I don't know. And Testacular um, wasn't out in 2012? It wasn't released? Or published? It might have been, um, but it didn't. It, it, uh, it wasn't widely popular. Like, it wasn't yeah. widely popular, and the and the we wanted to be able to return a promise from from our tests, and right. so it, with with uh, even with Jasmine, right? Um, it wasn't until June of this year that you were able to return a promise from your from your Jasmine tests. So I'm yeah. my biggest question really is the big differences between this and you know current state of karma. I don't. Did you kind of already cover that? I don't. I think we did. Um, I think we like we so talked everything we, that you've talked about. Your features like not having to use uh, fake async asynchronous support. Is that pretty much the big differences? Totally. Uh, how easy async is uh, with uh, the intern? Is that the main difference between it and Karma? Yeah, that and it's it's uh, out of the box. You're able to um, communicate with. Um, give me just a minute. You're able to communicate with like Sauce Labs, Browser Stack, Testing Bot, um, 
It's right. it's okay. very easy to set up. Um, it's, it's not. Like, it's yeah, Karma for both end to end and unit tests. Yeah. I, I I wonder about like speed differences, like uh, the speed of running tests, and I don't know if it it has something to do with uh, also like promises uh, and fake promises, let's say, because in in one you're waiting for the next turn. I don't know if it affects that much, but like when did you do benchmarks or like comparison um, between the different other options, alternatives? Um, I'm not sure if we've done benchmarks uh, for intern four. I'm sure we'll do those before we release the final. Mm. Um, cool. So it's, it's comparable. I'd have to, <laughs> I have to, uh, Oh, that's okay. Hold on. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to pull down the quick start and then the example Angular, and and see the difference between them. One of the big things is is with with promises becoming first class citizens in browsers, um, the asynchronous operations have become faster because uh, you know it, it used to be that it relied on set timeout to do everything, um, which is you know thirteen second second. 13 millisecond, there we go, resolution at least. Um, and now it, it'll, uh, it'll do it on next turn because, uh, because of the uh, browsers. Whenever I have a new idea for an app, one of the first things I do is go find a domain name for it. The company I use and have used for years is Hover.com. Hover.com has a clean and easy-to-use interface. They don't try to upsell me on a bunch of services I don't want or need, and they provide free Whois masking for the domains I register. So if I register a domain that's not directly tied to devchat.tv, people don't need to know that I'm the one that owns it. They also offer domains with all kinds of top-level domains like .codes and .computer, and others like .coffee and .pizza. So when you have your next idea strike, go to hover.com adventures to get it. Once again, that's hover.com slash adventures. Hmm. Okay. In terms of, uh, uh, Joe, you want to ask something? I will. Uh, the intern is a, like a client side product, not like a software as a service type thing, right? Correct. Correct. Cool. And like in terms of trying to, to, to figure out if it makes sense. I know when, when I use the Angular CLI, I have all the, um, Webpack stuff configured to run with Karma and all that stuff. How how does it work with intern? Like how do the do they integrate together and and such? Right. So uh, there's a, there's a plugin for for uh, intern to to do Webpack building. Um, you just give it your Webpack configuration. At this time, we don't have an integration with Angular. Excuse me, Angular CLI. Hmm. Uh, so that's that's something that that we want to work on, um, and it kind of depends on how um, how the Angular CLI team has as if they have enabled uh, hooking into it. I I know that was something that they had looked or the, that they had put on the roadmap. I'm not sure if they've achieved that yet or not. Okay, how how big is the team that works on? Uh... Let's see. Uh, Jason is the lead, and then we've got three or four guys that, that work uh, from time to time with him. Cool. So yeah, <laughs> we're a small team, 
do you go to lunch together? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> um, well, uh, sometimes we'll we'll eat lunch at the same time. <laughs> since, since we're since we're all distributed, oh, right. Right, right, right. So you know, I, I live in Iowa and Jason lives in Ohio. Um, yeah. So you know, we we uh, we communicate quite a bit, and you know, every once in a while we uh, we pull everybody together in one place and and have a, a big event. But you know, we community we do a lot of uh, one-to-one communication and that's cool because i don't trust teams that go to lunch together every day so that's good that you are remote (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious your standards are a little wonky shy (laughs) Uh, what can i do (laughs) teams that go to lunch together don't get anything done (laughs) right exactly Uh, the the overlunched projects oh my gosh so I, I kind of wanted to ask about end-to-end testing, and we had Gleb, I think it was, on to talk about um, Cypress and end-to-end testing a while ago. And, you know, there are a lot of options out there. You've mentioned some of them, you know, WebDriver and uh, PhantomJS, yeah. which was really cool when it came out and is not my favorite thing anymore, just because I, I really haven't seen it updated and it's pretty limited in what, you know, it's useful this these, these days. But anyway... Um, I'm curious, you know, WebDriver I've used off and on in the past, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a pain. Like mm-hmm. they're 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 working on that, and so now it's only kind of a pain instead of really a pain. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm wondering. So so do you hook into WebDriver or do you do something different? So we have a we have a library called uh, Leadfoot, which I love your library names. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, like, yeah. I wish you would like do a course on how to how to name things because, like at our our, our job, <laughs> we're just so bad at it. I swear, we just choose random things and we're like, yeah, that looks good. So you can give us like all a the, lesson on that. <laughs> like the specular. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Anyway, well, I can't, no, no, you're fine. So like, I haven't. I did not pick the names, um, and I'm. I am also bad at picking names, so it's a good thing that I didn't uh, <laughs> didn't pick them. So, uh, Leadfoot is our is our module package to um, to communicate with with uh, Selenium WebDriver, and it is uh, it doesn't use like WD.js or Selenium WebDriver, um, the the JavaScript package. It is its own its own thing. And uh, again, it it is promise based. Um, it uses if you're not using async await, it uses a chained uh, syntax. And and so uh, one of the one of the advantages that Leadfoot has over something like Selenium WebDriver or like with Protractor um, is that like with with Protractor, it sets up Selenium WebDriver with a control flow out of the box and then that manages your prom- promises for you so you write your tests like they're uh async or like they're synchronous but they they're really not they it's just adding something to the queue and then when it hits that spot in the queue it'll it'll run your thing so if you if you put a breakpoint where where your command is run it's not actually doing that um with with intern and and leadfoot it's actually running those 
uh, when it gets to that that point in your test, um, especially if you use async await. Um, but even with the chained with the chained syntax, a, a dot then uh, the the callback is gonna is gonna run uh, when it gets there in your test, and so it's real it's really easy to debug. There's no like hidden magic behind the scenes of what's going on. It's just a simple that fires off a request. When that request is done, it comes back and it resolves your promise. Does that answer the the question? I think I think it's interesting. You mentioned, yeah, it pretty much does. You mentioned that okay. you can run IE and you know all these other browsers. Uh, WebDriver used to only really support one or two, and and so you know, is this kind of a recent thing? And I just haven't used it recently, or you know, how do you get it to support all those different browsers and, and run it across all those different targets? Right. Uh, a lot of that has to do with, with Selenium and the browsers that it does support. And Selenium has been doing a really good job with cre- keeping up with the, with the newer browsers. And so since we're just using the, I, I believe we're just using the JSON wire protocol over, over Selenium. Uh, it's whatever Selenium uses, that's, that's what we do. Uh, or that's what we can do. There's also one other thing that, that we do with Leadfoot is that we run some tests before your tests start. So that way we can detect if the browser has some some weird... Um, we're basically uh, feature testing what the Selenium driver is capable of doing. So, and then uh, if it's not able to, let's say, ex- execute something synchronously, uh, we'll, we've got a workaround for that in Leadfoot. So we try and we try and make the uh, the experience across the different web drivers as well um, as smooth as possible. Gotcha. I know the protractor also work is basically promise based, right? So maybe I missed it, but but how like what's the benefits other than like writing the code in the same place which is which is a benefit um like protractor versus intern in terms of the benefit of benefits of intern right if um, you covered that already so for, forget about it but um Kind of. I mean, I mean. So the 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 biggest the the two big things are that you're running your unit tests with the same framework as your functional tests, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you, so you don't have two tools to to configure essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then and then that uh, in turn, when your when your program hits the hits the spot in the program or the in the test hits the spot in the test, you're actually at that spot um, where unless you've set up Protractor to not manage your your promises for you, you've got to use something like browser.pause or browser.debugger. And so like with intern, you can just launch it with node inspect, like node dash dash inspect, and then set some breakpoints and then debug your tests. Um, with with Protractor, there's there's if I remember correctly, there's a wrapper for that. Um, I see because I see like a, a giant call of dot chaining 
Um, and I can't remember. Can you like break on like the fourth dot something um, and debug that? Because you, you would have to you'd have to set up a dot then. Oh, okay. For that, and and then do a uh, debugger and inspect inspect the state. Okay. Cool. Thanks. So one other thing that I noticed looking at the the lead foot, and I'm assuming that uh, intern is the same, um, is the license. And uh, some things that are going on with another framework that I'm not going to name right now with their license <laughs> um, has, has kind of got it's me changed. interested in this, right? Um, yeah. So right. You're not using MIT like, you know, everybody else that I know. And so I'm curious, right. you know, is there a reason for that? And what's the difference? So we use the new BSD license, uh, the BSD3 clause, uh, and it's a little different than the MIT. They're they're pretty comparable. Um, the uh, the new BSD license allows uh, companies to uh, to use uh, ah, what is it. <laughs> To use the the code in a closed source environment and not have to re-release any changes that they make to the to the library. Um, and from day one, I think uh, Dojo's been, Dojo has been licensed with the new BSD license, and so it's just it's a license that we've always used. Um, we're very familiar with it, and and so. Everything that comes uh, from SitePen and Dojo is going to be new BSD license. It's it's very comparable to MI MIT though. Yeah, it looks a lot. No, no. Let's let let's make it a uh, controversy. So let's let's fight. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, add a patent <laughs> clause yeah, to yeah. that. Oh, am I getting too close to the? <laughs> well, ours is West Coast, and you guys is East Coast, and the West Coast is the best coast. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you make it like new BSD plus something? Right? <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, anything else that we should uh, jump on here talking about this before we go to picks? It seems like it's it's reasonably easy to set up and you can use a lot of the same tools that you're already using if that's the way you want to go. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I did that I forgot to mention is that um, one thing that, that Protractor kind of makes it hard to do is to get coverage information for your functional tests. And out of the box, in turn, allows you to get coverage information for, for those functional tests. And then it combines that coverage information with your unit tests. So you can see exactly how, like, exactly how much your, uh, your tests are covered. Now you're talking. That's uh, that's <laughs> awesome, dude. Yeah. You, usually, um, people that again, if you if you are writing unit tests uh, and you're writing end-to-end -end tests, um, so usually the amount of end-to-end -end tests are like usually lower, much lower than the the right. unit tests. Right, mm -hmm. because of the time it takes to to run oh, yeah, it totally. each time. Um, so that's why I asked about the like I don't know the speed or the like you know maybe it's the same maybe it's faster because if it's, if we can actually make it somehow faster maybe we could encourage encourage like more people to write end to end and to cover more ground. 
that way. Right. Well, and one of the one of the difficulties with writing end to end tests is is that um, if it's if it's hard to debug those tests, then you don't want to run you don't want to run them, or yeah. you don't want to write them. Um, and so that's one of the great things about intern is that it's 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 a lot easier to debug them. Um, you can you can drop in and inspect uh, things that are coming back from the server quite easily, and you don't have to use console statements or <laughs> like. You know, I've been doing JavaScript for a while, and so we used to use alert statements all the time back before there was a console. Yeah. Yeah. I used to write in Notepad. Yeah, I totally used <laughs> yeah. to do alert statements as well. Totally yeah, yeah. used to. <laughs> Erases alert statement immediately. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, how yeah. many of those do I still have committed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, ngdoc.io. You get on there and it it alerts your <laughs> alert. username. It's working. <laughs> alert your <laughs> alert your password. There we go. No, the username would be way too useful. It's more like just cheeky comments, you know, like this function right, right, right. ran. Go you. <laughs> <laughs> or or it pops up and it says, "Yep, it works. Yep, it still works. Got here too." <laughs> Wanna That's buy? So usually- uh, Usually it was yeah. it was an IE that we would that we would have these and so it was usually some sort of cursing of of oh you know. yes because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. IE well, was the last one do? to get a console and it was like IE six and you it was just it like accidentally in production so that whenever <laughs> like your users yeah. go to it you say get a better browser and like a link to Chrome or something <laughs> pops up <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah, it's a curse, curse, and then uh, want to buy a license to WinRAR, and then <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> another, another, another curse. Sorry. All right, we are devolving quickly. Should we go to picks? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Whenever I have a new idea for an app, one of the first things I do is go find a domain name for it. The company I use and have used for years is Hover.com. Hover.com has a clean and easy-to-use interface. They don't try to upsell me on a bunch of services I don't want or need, and they provide free who is masking for the domains I register. So if I register a domain that's not directly tied to devchat.tv, people don't need to know that I'm the one that owns it. They also offer domains with all kinds of top-level domains like .codes and .computer, and others like .coffee and .pizza. So when you have your next idea strike, go to hover.com adventures to get it. Once again, that's hover.com adventures. All right. Uh, Shai, do you have some picks for us? I have only one pick today. Uh, although I really, really wanted two. But um, yeah. So my pick is Angular Connect, which is coming up in November. And uh, yours truly is going to do a sh- another show there. So uh, I'm going to do Ooh, uh, so- something yeah, so it's called NG Game Show, and it's going to be a live game show, uh, like on TV with prizes and like questions. So the the goal is to actually teach Angular by asking like hard questions and then explaining like the, the, the answers. But also it's like built around um if you get the answer wrong you need to do something embarrassing in front of everyone so 
Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, and uh, I really like uh, the the conference in general. I think it's a uh, it's really cool uh, conference, and uh, they invest uh, like NGConf. They invest a lot of um, of time into making it like fun and inclusive and and friendly and all that stuff. So uh, that's my pick. All right, Joe, what are your picks? All right, so I only got one pick. This is the same pick that I picked before. Uh, the, uh, sorry, a JavaScript Jabber it's this last episode. I've just been so impressed with it. It's a book called The Behavior Gap. And on its surface, it's about investing. But I just sort of discovered that it was so amazing that it actually talk, spends a bunch of time talking about just living a happy life and all this sort of life advice. And I read a lot of books about uh, making good life choices and, you know, improving how you live your life. And this book has actually been as good or better than any of those books, even though it's not even about that topic. So I have just been really enjoying it, reading it a ton, really like it. And so that's my um, recommend. That's my pick is The Behavior Gap. Awesome. Alyssa, what are your picks? I just have one pick. All right. Uh, Joe's totally like working on his life in his spare time. And I feel like a horrible person because my pick is kind of the exact opposite. Um, I've been playing a ton of Destiny 2 lately and it's an absolutely killer game. If you like Halo or the first Destiny, then you have to be playing it like right now because it's amazing. So yeah, I guess I'm like wasting my life whereas Joe is like bettering his, I don't know, horrible contrast there. But yeah. It's what happens, <laughs> what happens when you get older. <laughs> Yeah, I want the last 10 minutes of my life to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope I I never outgrow video games, but that makes me sad if so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to outgrow video games either. The Atari is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry. If you don't want to outgrow video games, then you got to come to NGConf this year. I can't explain why that is true, but... I'm telling you oh, right hey. now. Hey, teaser. Yep, I'm totally teasing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I interrupted you, Alyssa. Was that your only pick or did you have something oh, else? No, yep, that was it. We're okay. good. We're done. <laughs> All right, um, so I'm going to jump in with uh, two picks. One of them is, um, so I have this tendency now to reread books, um, especially these uh, sort of self-help and growth books. Yeah, I'm old like Joe. Um, so anyway, um, the one I've been reading, and this one's a business book. It's called Profit First, and it just talks about how to uh, run your or you know run your business and how to prioritize profit and things like that. Um, so I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And uh, the the author reads the book, and he kind of has all these sidebars that are pretty funny. Um, the other pick I have, and I haven't tried this yet. Um, sometimes I do these optimistic picks, hoping they're awesome. And this one looks really awesome. It's called movie pass and it's at moviepass.com. And what it is, is it's a membership that allows you to go see basically as many movies as you want at as many, uh, and it has all of the theaters, all the big theaters. So around here, you know, we have the AMC theaters, we have the Cinemark theaters, um, I think I'm missing one or two of the big uh, theater companies. But anyway, so if you want to go see a movie in the theater, you can. It also has um, 
a lot of the cheaper theaters, right, that have the movies after they've been out for a while. And so if I wanted to go see one of those or sometimes those are pretty empty, I found, just depending on the, the night and how many uh, places they have. So, um, you know, if I kind of... I totally used to have movie pass. I got it whenever they were like still in beta. And I actually, I was looking into signing up again because they recently dropped their monthly subscription rate. It's like if you see more than two movies a month, you're saving money by having movie pass essentially. Yeah. I, that's what I figure too. The, the movie tickets cost anywhere between about, if you get a matinee, it's like seven bucks. Um, and then, you know, you can pay all the way up to like nine or 10 bucks. Um, it doesn't look like it gets you into the theaters where they like bring you food and stuff, but that's fine. Um, I, so we totally found a way to cheat the system. I don't know if I should share this, but if you, <laughs> it's essentially, it's just a debit card that they load up with money. And so if you pick a movie that's around the same time, it's going to load that much money onto your debit card. So my husband and I would, if we wanted to ever like go to like one that serves food or go to 3d or something, and it wasn't available on the movie pass app, we'd check into just a normal one and we would say, put this much on this card and then pay the rest on our own. So I don't know if that's legal and I'm totally not doing that anymore. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I, I tested it. I was like, I don't think this is like a gift card. It's actually just a debit card. They load up and they make sure that you're actually at the location you say you are. But yeah. Oh, note to editor, uh, save Elisa <laughs> from jail. <laughs> I don't we need a GoFundMe for, for her bond, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm looking forward to using it. I'm still waiting to get my card. Um, but yeah, apparently you have to have a smartphone in order to ha- to use it because you browse the theaters and pick your movie. So anyway, um, so that was an optimistic pick, and maybe I'll come back in a few weeks and say I don't like it. But I'm hoping I don't have to do that. Uh, Brian, what are your picks? All right. Well, I'm going to go with the lame one and pick Intern. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> 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 no, uh, I do want to, you know, pick the, there is a, there's a blog post at, at sitepen.com about using intern with angular and, uh, and the, the sitepen blog has a lot of, uh, different articles on different topics. Uh, there's quite a few on there on angular. There's one that I wrote on using web components in angular. So, uh, one of my picks is the sitepen blog. Um, and then my, my second pick would be to read um, that, uh, you know, if, if you normally read nonfiction, read some fiction. If you read, normally read fiction, read some nonfiction. Um, and if you don't normally read, pick up a book, book and read. Um, it's something that, uh, that you know, my wife and I try and, and get our kids to do. And um, it's good to just put down the, the electronics and, and do it. Um, I, I, too, like video games and I like... The, the interactive stuff. So, uh, but I try and make it a, a point to, to read quite a bit. Awesome. And then one other thing that I was wondering if you could share with us, um, you know, your Twitter, GitHub, or I, I guess you blog on the SitePen blog, but yeah, just any, any place where people can find you and see what you're working on these days. Yeah. Uh, my Twitter, I don't usually put a lot of what I'm working on there. It's at Brian Forbes. Um, it's B-R-Y-A-N. And then uh, GitHub is the same thing, github.com slash Brian Forbes. Um, and I can, I can put those in the chat for you. 
All right, great. Well, thank you for coming and talking to us about this tool. Hopefully there are some folks out there that are yeah, thanks. looking for something like this that, that'll solve their problem. And uh, yeah, we'll wrap this up and we'll catch you all next week. Thanks Bye-bye. for having me on. Ten later. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.